Hey, welcome back to the uh, Powerview Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. My name is Trey Hinkle. I'm the senior pastor here at Powell Butte Christian Church in Powell Butte, Oregon. It's great to have you tuning in to us one, one more week. Um, we've been going through the uh, Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, calling it the Upside Down Kingdom, learning how disciples are to live when we enter into the kingdom of God. And uh, today we're in chapter 7, and we, we're going to come to a very familiar passage. And yet I think that it's pretty challenging because it's, it's going to kind of take our preconceived ideas about what prayer is all about, and it's going to actually show us what God's heart is when Jesus said these words in chapter 7. So let, let me read to you, and then we'll kind of jump into these concepts. We're, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7, where Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I know that you've heard that before, but what does that all mean? There was a little boy who told his dad, Dad, I want a new bike. And Dad reminded the little boy, he says, Listen, son, you know that in this house we prayed and we ask Jesus for the things that we want and need, and, and he will provide. So that, that night, the little boy, very excited, prayed, Dear Jesus, I, I really want a new bike. And the next morning, he got up excited and ran to the garage, but there was no bike. Well, the next night, he said, okay, that night he went back to bed and says, No, Jesus, I, I really, really want a new bike. And again, the next morning, excited, he woke up, ran to the garage, no bike. Now he's getting a little disappointed, but he keeps asking three, four nights in a row. That weekend, the family goes to see Grandma, and Grandma's a very devout Catholic lady with a lot of uh, religious icons in her house, and the little boy was looking up at the shelf and saw a statue of the, the Virgin Mary, and he gets this idea. He very carefully takes that down from the shelf and wraps it in tissue paper so it won't get hurt and puts it into a shoebox and hides the shoebox in the back of Grandma's closet. And that night, as he was going to bed there at Grandma's house, he was saying his prayers, and he says, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again... I know, that's funny. That's funny. But that's how, sometimes how we think about prayers. Like, we're, we're putting God... Uh, we were putting his feet to the fire and says, if you're not coming through, you, you know, we've got your mom. We know where you live. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Folks, Jesus is actually giving us some pretty incredible teaching here on the kind of relationship that God wants to have with his people, th th those disciples living in his upside down kingdom. He wants to develop inside each and every one of us a, the kind of relationship where we can go to him when we have uh, questions, when we want to know certain things, when we're seeking fulfillment in our life. See, this is not just bringing a list to Santa Claus and hoping that he will give us everything that we want, the new bike, the new Corvette, the new house, whatever. See, Jesus is actually saying here in this passage that God is inviting us into a relationship where we see him as the faithful one who can provide things for us, and we have the boldness to actually come to him and ask and seek and knock, but we must understand what those things are all about. 
So this morning we're going to break them down and we're going to look about, uh, at, at what Scripture really says about asking and seeking and knocking. Because I'll guarantee you this. Because God designed you to have a relationship with him, he's been asking. He has been seeking. And he has been knocking on your heart's door as well. So then he invites us to do the same thing. First of all, ask. Ask. See, asking is, is the first step. It's, it's the basics. And I'm not talking about asking for stuff. When I ask questions, I'm seeking an answer. I'm in a situation and I'm asking so that I'll have more knowledge about things. I want the answer. And it's not just, well, is there a God or, or is Christianity real? But, but it's what kind of God is he? And what, what is the Bible really all about? Uh, is God really the same as he was back in the day? See, those are great questions that God actually invites his people to ask. Uh, and, and asking brings us answers. It's not quantum physics. It's pretty basic. It's the ABCs. But God says, listen, when you ask about me, when you ask about spiritual things, that's a, that's a great place to start. That's a great foundation because you'll begin to believe things about God that will allow you to begin to then seek and knock. But we have to start at ask. God has always been about having his people ask. You, you know, in... Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, for example, starting in verse 32, this is what he says. Ask about the former days, long before your time, from the day God created man on the earth. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other. Uh, ask these questions. Has anything so great as this ever happened? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation by testing and miraculous signs and wonders and by war and by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm or by great and awesome deeds like all the things Jehovah, the Lord your God, did? Ask. Ask about these things. You'll find out about God. You'll find out about his faithfulness, what he has done for his people in the past. Because he loved them. Because he chose them. And so he drove out nations that were greater and stronger than they were so that they could have a land of their own. And by remembering, by asking about all of those things, you now can see that his statutes, his, his laws, his commandments are good. And that by following them, things will go well for you like they did in the past. See, uh, when you ask questions about God, about what he's done in the past, those serve, that the answers serve as the foundation of faith. They, they put God in his rightful place in the universe and in our lives because they establish the basis of God's faithfulness to his people. And what's the, what's the basis of the faithfulness? God's power, God's purpose, God's provision, all of those things God did for his people. So ask about God. Ask about whether he is going to do for you what he has done for all of those other people. Well, why were there so many monuments built? Um, Joshua, in bringing the, the people of God into the promised land, they crossed the Jordan River. And God miraculously split the waters so that they could uh, cross over this, this uh, Jordan River in, at flood stage to get to the other side to begin to conquer the land. 
And so God said in, in Joshua chapter 4, he says, each of you is now that you have crossed the Jordan, each one of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the, to the number of tribes, to serve as a sign. So in the future, when your children ask, there it is, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? You can tell them about what God did, about the flow of, of the Jordan River being cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. See, those stones were to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever so that people will look at them and ask. Today, we tell kids, don't ask. Don't ask. Yeah, I, I loved August because when growing up in August, my mom had always filed an extension on taxes, and she would do the taxes, but she wouldn't do them in April. She would do them in August. Well, it's summertime. It's warm weather. It's, it's bike riding, pool swimming time, right? So you'd go and say, say, Mom, can I? She goes, don't ask. She'd be so busy with, with all of this other stuff. Don't ask. I'm busy. Well, what she was saying is just go and do it. Don't ask. Don't ask. Um, I, I'd, I'd say to my, my mom on other occasions, hey, Mom, how do you spell chrysanthemum? She goes, don't ask me. Go look it up in the dictionary. I, by the way, I never understood that. Because if I don't know how to spell it, how can I look it up in the dictionary? But it's always don't ask. That's what we tell kids. But God was telling his kids, listen, ask. It's good to ask. And Jesus picks up that same mantle in Matthew chapter 21 when he says, listen, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So you can continue to ask. Now that's incredibly important to remember. Because at least in my experience, if I don't think that I can ask, if it's not safe to ask, then I feel trapped. I, I feel like I have to come up with the answer on my own. But God says, no, no, I have answers for you. You can ask, and it's okay. Now, now when Jesus said, hey, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for uh, in, in prayer, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of the message today, the end of the podcast. But the spiritual principle here centers around the fact that we can ask God for the things because He is a good Father. And we can be bold in our asking because He is a good Father. Look at verses 9 through 11 of chapter 7 of Matthew. Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? It's because we have asked about God in the past, that we find out that He is good and faithful. And then if we believe that He is good and faithful, we will, we will know, because He is good, that we can ask for the, the provisions that He wants to give to us. Ask. Ask. Second of all, Jesus says seek. Now, there's a lot of things in the Bible about seeking. Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me and this is God talking, those who seek me will find me. Now, there's something, though, about seeking. You've got to know, that first of all, that there is something out there to be sought, right? There's something that you, you can seek out. So what is it? Well, Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing that I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I've come to the conclusion that there, if I have this yearning, I've got a yearning, a desire for something way more than what my own hands can provide, something much more lasting, something much more significant than anything that I can find on my own in this world. C.S. Lewis, 
who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, a, a brilliant mind, a great author. He had actually been an atheist for a, a good por- portion of his growing up years and uh, into his early adult life. He uh, relied on education and, and uh, and uh, things like that. He was he was in Oxford or Cambridge, one of those uh, great universities in, in England. And and he began to study the Bible to disprove the Bible. And he, by studying the Bible to disprove the Bible, he actually came to have faith in what the Bible says. But in his in his viewpoint, as he's looking at why he would even want to study the Bible, he realized that that came from a desire. Uh, for something more. And he famously said this. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, then the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. He says, listen, if I've tried all the, the things that the world has to offer and I don't find fulfillment and satisfaction, then the most probable explanation is that I was created for a different world, a different experience. See, the fact that I desire to find something more, that means there is something to seek out there. But it's not from this world. It's, it's from another world, and so I need to seek for that other world. Now, also, in seeking, you've got to invest energy and effort and time, don't you? We've got to be willing to do what it takes to, to hunt for that treasure. See, if I'd ask for your address, and I really want to find you, then it, I have to seek you out. I, I'll get online. I'll get on, on uh, Google Maps. I'll, I'll get on my phone. I've got to seek you out. I have to make an effort. I can't just say, hey, where do you live? And then never come see you. I've got to make that effort. See, in the upside-down kingdom of God, there are very specific things that we cannot ignore. For example, there is the truth, not just a truth. There is the truth. There is a higher truth. There is the truth that we must be seeking. There is the way, not just a way. We've got to find, we've got to seek for, uh, seek out the way. And the life is not just a life. See, there's a specific goal that God has in mind for us, uh, an intentional purpose. We weren't just put here on earth to eat and breathe and procreate and then die. I was not put here to just consume and then croak. There was a plan for my life. But God knows that by actively seeking that plan, He didn't just give it to me, but by me engaging, folks, that's going to that's gonna strengthen my spiritual muscles. That's going to make me become spiritually stronger. It's going to make me wiser because I'm more engaged in what that plan involves. And that's what God wants. He could have just given it to us like we give milk to babies. And milk is great. Milk is great for babies for a couple of years, But eventually, those kiddos need to start seeking something more nourishing. Amen? Hebrews 11 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. Okay, that's the basics. We must believe that He exists, but that He then rewards those who earnestly seek Him. See, it's not enough to just have the answer that, yes, there is a God, and this is who He is like, and this is what He's done in the past. That, that may lead me to believe that he exists, and that's great, but that there is something more. There is a reward if I now begin to earnestly seek him, because when I earnestly seek him, I'm rewarded with spiritual maturity, with a deeper understanding of the things of God, of who God is, with a deeper faith in him than to endure whatever the world throws at me. What am I seeking? 
Well, uh, we find out in Matthew chapter 6, 32, that we're supposed to seek His kingdom and His righteousness. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 29 and 30 says, I'm supposed to seek Him. And when I'm seeking the Lord Himself and His kingdom and His righteousness, I am promised that if I'm seeking Him with all of my heart and all of my soul, I will find Him. I, I will find not just answers, but I will find the meaning of those answers. I don't just find knowledge. That's what I get when I ask. I'm actually finding wisdom. That's what happens when I seek. Psalm 14.2, Jehovah, the Lord, looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. See, he connects the idea of understanding with seeking. Because when I seek, I, I'm not just getting answers. I'm actually now getting understanding. So it's one thing to ask God, why did you, why did you put me here? Okay, are, are you looking for the answer of why God put you there? Or are you actually wanting to really understand that there is a purpose for your life? And, and knowing that and understanding that then is going to open your eyes to all the potential that you have in this world, in God's kingdom, to serve Him, the King of kings. Amos chapter 5, verse 4, the Lord says, Listen, if you seek me, you will live. You will really live if you seek me. There's a lot of people alive who don't seek God. But God is saying, if you seek me, guess what? You're going to have this abundant life, this eternal life, this amazing life. You will live life that is truly life. See, understanding is so wonderful because it gives us uh, the, 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 uh, the roadmap of where to go. But even that is not the destination. Asking wasn't the destination. It was the beginning. It was the basics. I want to know answers. And now seeking is I'm finding wisdom and I'm finding understanding. But even having the wisdom and having the understanding is not going to get you to where God wants you to be. And that's why God, God or Jesus then says, listen, you've got to ask, you've got to seek, and then you, shall, you need to knock. You need to knock, and the door will be open to you. Jeannie asked me, uh, what's the title of the sermon? And I got real, not very creative, actually. I said, well, the, the title should be Ask, Seek, Knock. But as I began to really look at this, I, I think that there needs to be a better uh, title for this sermon. Because, because when you start to knock, when you begin to knock on those doors, you're going to find something very interesting. These are doors of opportunity that God has for you. Doors that are going to lead you into a new life, into a new realm of possibilities. This is where prayer gets very dangerous. And so maybe we should have entitled this sermon, Dare the Prayer. <laughs> Dare the Prayer. Not just asking for the bike, but, okay, God, th this is what I'm really going to do. I'm knocking. I'm knocking at a door. Now, now what's the door? Well, by, by the way, Revelation 3.8 says, I know your deeds, and I have placed before you an open door. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And I know that you have little strength, but you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. You, you, you have begun to ask, and then you began to seek, and now there's a door that I'm placing before you. Well, Jesus calls himself the door, the, the gate, right, in John chapter 10. He, he calls himself the way and the truth of the life. What Jesus is saying is that, listen, as, as you ask and gain knowledge, as, as you seek and you gain understanding, now that's going to lead you to a door of opportunity that he himself is 
We're right there. And we knock at that door. And beyond that door are some amazing things, some special things that are hidden from most people who never even see the door being there. See, when you knock in prayer, you got to be prepared. Because God promised that he's going to open that door if you knock. And that's where things get really exciting or really, really dangerous. You see, uh, there's an amazing revelation that comes when, when, when we're standing at that door and knocking. Paul talks about that door in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, I went to Troas and I found that the Lord had opened a door for me to go to the next phase of my ministry, essentially, is what he's saying. Now, I, I told the congregation before that a lot of people misunderstand the purpose of prayer. They, th- they think it's for uh, them to get God to do the things that they want him to do. Uh, or they say, well, why do I even pray? If God already knows what I need, why do I need to tell him? If, if he already knows the things that I need, why should I even ask for them? Well, you've, you've totally missed the, the purpose of prayer, if that's your attitude. Because the purpose of prayer is not to align God with your agenda. It's to align you with His agenda. And that's where it gets dangerous. Because if you're knocking at that door, you, you're going to realize it's His door that you're, open, that you're knocking on. It's His way. It's His path for your life. And that could be very, very scary. Because it could mean that you leave your homeland to travel to other places for God's purposes. It may mean that you actually quit your job to accomplish something new, like maybe planting a church, for example, for His purposes. It it, it may mean cutting yourself off from certain friends that you used to hang out with because they are such a bad influence on you. Or, Or cutting yourself off from certain habits or certain places that you used to go to in order to make yourself available for His purpose in your life. See, when you knock, you need to know that you're knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Hey, you may be surprised what you find then behind that door. Jesus is calling us to dare the prayer, isn't he? But there is blessing on that other side, though it it may be dangerous, though it may be uh, something that we would have never chosen for ourselves. Proverbs 8.34 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. It's almost like they are waiting for that door to open. And he says, whoever finds me, the door, will find life and will receive favor. See, this isn't just about knowledge that I can know with my mind. It's, it's not even just spiritual guidance to, to gain wisdom. It's actually then getting out there and trusting God with your whole life, knocking on that door, knowing it's going to open. And Jesus says in Luke 13, make every effort to enter through that narrow door. Now, it depends on where you are at with God as what that narrow door may look like. You see, it's blessed. You're blessed, and you need to make every effort to enter through that door, no matter what stage of spiritual life you're in, because there's always more life. There's always more purpose. There's always more fulfillment behind that door than anything else you will find in life. Now, for some of you who have never put your faith in Jesus... Entering through that narrow door at the beginning of your spiritual journey, that, that means salvation. That means getting reconnected to God finally. You know, that's the whole purpose of faith. See, you, you might be up against trials for which you have no answers, no peace at all. You may be realizing that 
what you've been pursuing in this world is not as fulfilling as you had hoped it would be, that you had been promised that it would be. You might be even facing your own mortality because you received a diagnosis from the doctor that is not a good diagnosis. And you wonder, what's going to happen to me after I die? There's a door that Jesus invites you to come through. And he says, make every effort to enter through that door because you're going to find more life, more purpose, and more fulfillment behind that door. That's why Jesus came to the earth, to die for our sins, to, to pay the penalty of our sins so that we might have this right relationship with God so that we're not alone anymore here and we're not just destined for death. We are destined for eternal life with God in heaven. And God's wanting you to knock on that door so that he might open it and you find salvation. Some of you, you've already gone through that door. And now it's time for you to stand before another door and knock on that door to say, God, what, what do you really want for me in my life? What am I supposed to be doing here? See, we, we got to clarify something from the very first point of asking. I, I told you we'd look at it towards the end of the message, so here it is. Is this just asking for things for ourselves, or is there a different kind of asking that we are doing here? See, Jesus says when we're asking for things, we will receive. But to understand that, we need to understand the entire counsel of the Bible. We, we must see what Jesus says in John 14, where he says, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We need to see that in the proper context. Because the, the context, first of all, there's two verses that come before John 14, 14. And in verses 12 and 13 of John 14, it says, Truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The context then is glorifying God. Glorifying God through the Son. Jesus said that we're going to be able to do all of these things, some pretty amazing things, greater than what he even did himself, if we believe. But the power that he's talking about, where, where does that come from? Well, it comes from the Spirit of God, the, the helper that Jesus promised to all who believe in him. The power of God in us to expand the upside-down kingdom. That's what Jesus is talking about here, doing God's will. So, when we ask then in his name, we are asking things that he would want us to do for his kingdom in his will. Secondly, when we ask in his name, we must understand as well that in his name essentially means in his authority. You see, before Jesus went back up to heaven, he gave his apostles authority. And that authority that he gave to them meant that whatever they would bind or loose on earth would have eternal consequences. So we ask things in his name. We ask things in his authority. But that then changes what we ask for. Okay? We got to understand this. And, and this, I believe, is the power of what Jesus is saying here to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. See, if you were to come to me and say, hey, listen, Jenny, and that's my wife if you don't know me, uh, Jenny told me to ask you for the keys to your truck. Now, since I have a relationship with Jenny, because we're one flesh, because what is mine is hers, and what's hers is, well, hers, right? The person who has come to me in her name, asking for the keys in her name, will most likely get them. 
for whatever reason they want the truck, they've asked in her name. Because if I know that Jenny is behind this, if I understand that her authority is behind this, so to speak, then I am willing to go ahead and grant that request. Ask for anything in Jenny's name. Most likely, you're going to receive from me whatever you ask for. But here's the caveat, though. If you're coming to me and saying, well, Jenny told me uh, to ask you to throw away all the pictures of the kids that you have in your office. Well, sir, that's a different story. Because that's not something that Jenny would ever ask of me. And so if you're coming to me, even if you use the magic words, well, Jenny told me to, in Jenny's name, that's not something that you're going to, that's not going to happen. You're, you're not gonna, that ain't going to happen. I don't care even if you use Jenny's name at that point because you're asking me something that she would have never asked me to do. Asking for things in Jesus' name is asking for things by his authority and asking for the things that he would already want to do in our life. When we ask things in the, his authority that are not things that he would himself ask for, we're not promised in the Bible that we're going to receive those things. That's not what he means here. Because in reality, you have not really asked for them in his name. Not really. You, you might have used his name, huh, man, probably in vain, which is another issue altogether. But what you asked for wasn't true to his name. So you weren't asking for them in his name. Does that make sense, I hope? It, it's when we ask for things in his name, the things that he would want for us. And we're seeking out those answers and, and seeking an understanding. Then we're going to come to these doors. And then we begin to knock on those doors. And those are the doors of the opportunities that God has for us, for his will in our life, to usher in his kingdom in our life, where all of the darkness still exists. That's what Jesus means, that it will be done for us. And once again, it's aligning our will to his, aligning our kingdom to his. That's where the power of prayer for the disciple in God's upside-down kingdom really lies, folks. As we, as we kind of wrap this up, as we're coming to a close, uh, this past week I ran, I ran across this gem online. It says, prayer is the total surrender to the will of God. Prayer is the cooperation with the will of God. And then they gave this illustration. You know, if I threw out a boat hook from the boat that I was in, and that boat hook catches hold of the shore, and I pull, am I pulling the shore to me, or am I pulling myself to the shore? So in the same way, prayer is not pulling God to my will, but aligning my will, pulling myself closer to the will of God. Ask. Ask. Ask about God. Ask about who He is. Ask about what He has been doing in this world. Seek. Seek the Lord. Seek life from the Lord, the, the kind of life that He wants you to have, and then knock and wait for that door to open to brand new possibilities, brand new opportunities for ministry and for a deeper relationship with God. That's what this is all about. It's not just about asking for a bike and running out to the garage and finding the bike. It's actually saying, listen, if we're all about your kingdom, then I'm going to need to ask for some things that you're going to provide for me in order to get that kingdom work done seeking what is most important, and then knocking and asking for those opportunities to open for me. That's what this is all about. What, what, what a great 
What a great, exciting, dangerous life it would be to dare that kind of prayer. And yet that's exactly what Jesus is calling you and I to do as his disciples living in the upside-down kingdom. Will you dare the prayer? If so, I know that wherever you live, that God's work will be done in a mighty way because you have opened yourself up uh, for the power of God to come in in a mighty way. All right, well, that does it for this week's uh, sermon podcast. I want to thank all those people that make this thing possible. For Lisa Welly, our executive producer. Uh, for Steve Pittman, uh, getting all of the equipment and the electronics stuff uh, up and running. Uh, I, I love when I am able to uh, use, utilize my family when I preach to them and they give me some insights. And uh, boy, it's just, uh, I, I, love this, uh, I love this congregation and the way that they sharpen me even in the uh, preparation of these sermons. So uh, thank you. And thank you for uh, tuning in and, and uh, listening. And uh, you're always invited if you're ever in Central Oregon and you're feeling up to it to uh, join us. Uh, this summer, right now, we have an 830 service here in the Worship Center. We have a 930 service out on our West Lawn outside. Uh, and uh, that should be a really fun thing to do this summer. And then if you're more into the traditional church service, we have a traditional service in our historical chapel at 1130 uh, every Sunday morning. If you're into the cowboy church thing, we have a cowboy church that meets here at uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday nights as well. So if you're in the area and you've been listening to the podcast, we would love for you to actually join us in person and, and let us know that you've been listening. That would be awesome. Uh, if you uh, have a prayer need, you can always get onto our website, www.palbutechurch.com. And uh, on that front page that you land on, you can scroll down, and there's a, a place that you can send us a message or a prayer request. And we'd love to uh, know that you've been listening to us and uh, that we would lo- love to pray with you on those issues as well. All right, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Shine for Jesus. <laughs>